It's September 15, 2021, and welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here right here on Hawaii Public Radio and where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we'll have Lito Alvarez, Alvarez from the International Information System Security Certifications <laughs> Consortium, uh, more better, better known as ISC Squared. And of course, uh, he's here to tell us about an upcoming virtual event called Cyber Overview, BECs, and Ransomware. And of course, a discussion with the FBI Cyber Investigation um, and they'll be featuring Katie Kiefer, Kiefer from uh, the FBI. And then we'll be joined by Chris Wendell, and uh, he's a co-founder and president of Volta. Rob Robinson from Hawaii Angels, and of course, Shanoa Fonsworth from Blue Startups. And they're all here to tell us about the recent listing of uh, Volta's um, uh, initial public offering on uh, the New York Stock Exchange. First up, I want to welcome Lito Alvarez, uh, president of ISC Squared and, of course, uh, the Hawaii chapter. And he's here to tell us about an upcoming event. Uh, and I want to welcome you, Lito, to Bike Marks Cafe. Thank you, Bert. Thank you. Hey, listen, uh, if I may, I'm just going to give you a, a quick overview of ISC Squared chapter here in sure. Hawaii. Essentially, we're a bunch of uh, certified members uh, and and not certi- non-certified members. We also open up our membership up to the local colleges as well. And our goal is is to spread uh, and and grow the cybersecurity uh, society here in the Honolulu and the Hawaii Islands. Um, <clears throat> our parent organization is out of Florida, is ISC squared ISC squared in Florida. Uh, they are an ISO or international service organization that's internationally recognized. So our certification as a computer information system security professional is an a, a, uh, international uh, recognized certification. Um, the chapter locally gets together on a monthly basis and provides uh, a general meeting, which includes uh, an educational opportunity to listen to different speakers. Over the uh, the year, we've had Intrepid, we, we had hardware providers like IBM Security and Cisco Security. Uh, we've had um, Checkpoint Firewall and uh, Fortinet Firewall companies come talk to us. So there's a whole lot of uh, different opportunities to come uh, to our general meeting. You don't have to be a member. Uh, the um, meetings are are online on Google Meets, and it's free to register. You can find us on Eventbrite. Uh, let's get into our meeting this month. Uh, every year, we try to have somebody from uh, you know one of the uh, alphabet soup kind of NSA or or. Uh, security, one of the the national security organizations, uh, and this month it's going to be the FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigations. And generally, what they do is they come out and they speak to us on the different security events. We've had some really good discussions. Um, they've they've even talked to us about uh, uh, the art of catching bank robbers. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, the information is very, very entertaining and interesting. So this month, uh, our vice president was able to get uh, Katie from the FBI to talk to us about 
the uh, the different events uh, where it comes to business email and ransomware. And <clears throat> what I want to talk about this is, uh, and I just wrote this in my newsletter, is, is you can get socially hacked by so many different ways. It could be on... Um, it could be on a text message. It could be on an email. It could be on social media. You get them on Facebook or, or almost Twitter or anything. So you have to really be careful about the links that people are sending to you. Um, it might come from somebody you have no idea who, who they are, or it might be coming from somebody it looks like uh, you may know them. But unfortunately, what's happening is your friends are being spoofed by some hacker in, in Eastern Europe, for instance, or, or in Asia, and you click on a link that just takes you to a bad place and then you get compromised. So I think Katie's going to come and talk to us about ransomware and what you should do in the event of ransomware and how to, how to uh, maintain um, the best policies as far as dealing with your business email. Um, <clears throat> We uh, uh, are going to have many opportunities for people to come in and, and, and speak. And if you're, if you're a cybersecurity professional that has something to say, we're always looking for other speakers. And you guys can just send an email to info at isc2chapter-hi.org, and uh, one of our officers will get back with you. You know, Lito, but, that's uh, uh, that's what's going on. No, that's great. And you know, uh, since you brought it up, uh, Facebook and some of the ways that people can spoof your friend's account, I, I've been noticing that frequently. I've been getting uh, some some you know friends of mine on Facebook sending me uh, like a, a message that says, "I you know I recognize you on this video," and it's it's like I've been getting multiple. A request like that, and it's it's one of those obvious ones that you're tempted to click on it, but you know it's just you know it's just um, some kind of a, a bogus uh, spoofing, maybe even a phishing attempt. That's exactly correct, and, and they're they're com- coming up with very imaginative ways to get you to click on something that would either drop in a, um, a spyware onto your computer or, or a bug or, or, or the ability to get remote control um, monitoring onto your computer. It, it takes just a click of a button. So uh, my rule of thumb is if you receive a link from e- either a known or unknown person, my best bet is if somebody sent you a link, call that person and say, did you send this to me? Right. What, what's this all about? Because right, right. it's better to be safe than sorry in today's world. Absolutely. And and so, uh, Alito, I mean, it's, uh, this is great. Every month you guys have an event. Where can people sign up again? Is there an easy link to uh, to share? Absolutely. You can go to isc2chapter-hi.org. On the front page, it has our current event which you can then register for, um, and it's updated every month. You can also send an email to info at isc2chapter-hi.org, and that'll go to a group of officers, and one of us will get back to you. Sounds uh, good. Sounds good. Mahalo, Lito, for joining us. Well, thank you. Thank you for your time, Mahalo. And, of course, uh, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Chris Wendell, 
uh, co-founder, president of Volta, Rob Robinson from Hawaii Angels, and Shanoa Fonsworth from Blue Startups. We'll talk about the path to initial public offering. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, Bavarian Motor Experts, and Chaminade University. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm happy to welcome Chris Wendell. He's the co-founder, president of Volta. And, of course, Rob Robinson, president of the Hawaii Angels and Chanoa Fonsworth, managing director over at Blue Startups. And, of course, they're here to talk about building a tech uh, startup and, of course, taking it all the way to initial public offering. Welcome, everyone, to Bite Marks Cafe. Thanks for having us, Bert. Now, I want to, let's see, I I do want to get a little bit of history and, and of course, uh, Volta was one of the first companies out of the uh, Blue Startups number first cohort, and and maybe maybe uh, uh, Shanoa, why don't you go ahead and introduce uh, Chris and and how how did they become one part of your first cohort? Yeah, so Volta got its start here in Hawaii over a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually knew them for quite a while, uh, even before we started Blue Startups. And they had pitched the Hawaii Angels and got a little bit of seed funding there and then came through our very first cohort of Blue Startups in 2013. Um, And I believe probably got more money out of the Hawaii Angels after that as well. So, uh, you know, Hawaii Angels was on both sides of that that time frame. And uh, in, in so doing as well, they attracted Chris Wendell to the team. So... Chris, at the time, was living here in Hawaii and was a member of the Hawaii Angels. And uh, the Volta team, right, Chris, was um, very young at the time uh, that they uh, started the company. And uh, and Chris um, brought in some really needed experience um, to the team and and joined uh, right around that same time that they, uh, they were kind of here and getting funded by both Hawaii Angels and Blue Startups. So that was the the very very beginning of the journey for Volta. So so before I get to Chris, I want to give Rob a chance to uh, explain to us our, and our listeners what was what what is it that Volta does and and what what attracted you even before Blue Startups uh, got them into the first cohort. Yeah, Bert. So thanks. So I I don't want to you know um, mischaracterize what Volta does, and, and and Chris can probably do a better job than I can, but. Basically, you know, uh, going back to the uh, around 2012, which is when when the idea was was you know roughly um, hatched and being put in front of the angels and so on. Um, you know, they came to us with this idea of electric car charging, which everyone thought, you know, this is something the world's going to need. Uh, we're going to need more uh, electric car charging stations. Uh, people are on their way with. Um, things like the Nissan Leaf and the, you know, the the, uh, the Volt, and and then Tesla was, you know, um, on its way. And but what um, Volta did that was very clever is that they basically secured locations at high visibility spots at shopping malls and other um, uh, public areas where they could display um, not just the Volta. Um, uh, the Volta charging machine, but a 
but an advertisement, um, and that advertisement paid for the electricity for the charging of those cars and and then some. And um, that's essentially the model that Volta is still using. And I, I again, I'll defer to Chris on on more descriptions on that. But it it was the economics of it that attracted the angels. I mean, you know, as Bill Gates says in his new book, that you know, in order, if we're going to have a green economy and if we're going to have a sustainable economy, then it has to work from a financial point of view. You have to make green alternatives cheaper than the other alternatives. And so this fits right in there where you give people free charging um, and, um, and they love it. And it, at the same time, you know, the company makes money. It's a virtuous cycle. Well, that's great. And, and so, Chris, I, I do want to hear it from your perspective because – as Rob said, you know there are there are probably a bunch of uh, young young <laughs> young adults, I guess, uh, uh, who p- pitched the idea. And and at that time, you were watching it from the outside, right? And and how did you assess the value of what what Volta was pitching, and and what convinced you that you know you wanted to be a part of it? Yeah, thanks, uh, and and thanks, um, uh, Rob and Chanel for kind of giving the intro as well. Um, uh, it was a really interesting. I was living in Hawaii, and this was a sort of true old uh, Peter Lynch-type investment idea where I saw these stations in the wild in front of the whole food in Kailua, and I thought, huh, that's a really clever idea. Somebody's putting electric charging out. You know, I had at the time thought about ordering my electric car and doing the right thing for the planet, and I said, you know, infrastructure is a real problem. Here's somebody who's trying to solve it. And I honestly, because it was a very slick product, I thought this was a big company like maybe JC Decoe or Clear Channel, one of the big media companies. Mm-hmm. Like Rob said, there was media displayed on the station. And I went to the very first Hawaii Angel meeting that, where I met Rob with a couple other uh, former colleagues of mine from the investment world. And here was Scott and his partner presenting the business. And I said, I'll be, I'll be surprised that, hey, these guys came up with a super idea. So I dug in with Scott and quickly discovered that he's quite a visionary guy. And it doesn't matter how old he is, the good ideas are good ideas. And what it really needed is uh, a view on how to raise capital and how to execute. And that was something that I could probably help him with. And so we quickly kind of teamed up and thought about how we could take this thing uh, to the next level. And, you know, it's it's a really, um, it's a testament to Hawaii being a location where you can test out really interesting things. The reason this started in Hawaii was that the government had early on uh, said in any public parking lot, you would have to put some electric chargers. That was, a, I think, a law that was passed all the way back in 2010. And, um, and that was something that the guys went to Hawaii to help solve. And that's where the idea kind of gestated and came to fruition. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a great uh, bit of history there, Shanoa. Did you where where did you get introduced to to uh, Volta and, and and Scott and the idea, and was there something besides the fact that uh, the government had made kind of the mandate for electric charging at public uh, you know parking? Was that kind of the key thing that really helped kick it off in in Hawaii? Yeah, I mean, it was. So, you know, the reason that um, Scott and and Mike Menendez um, started here was because of that public policy law, and there was opportunity here. You know, they originally started actually with um, bidding for a contract from the state to 
put in electric car charging stations. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that was definitely the draw for them to be here. I think, uh, you know, I, I met them very early when the business was still on, on a piece of paper, <laughs> not in the ground at all. Um, you know, and like Chris was very impressed with Scott. Um, he is a, uh, a very rare gem in the entrepreneurial world, very strong, you know, entrepreneur. And, and I think that has proved out as well as he's still the CEO of this company, which is pretty amazing, um, given the, you know, the long, uh, you know, trajectory they've been on. And so that also tells you a lot about his character and his ability to execute on this vision. Um, so, you know, I was just very impressed with him and enamored with the idea right from the start and just kind of started advising them and meeting them for coffee and all of those things long before even Hawaii Angels or Blue Startups. So uh, I was just a big believer in it from the beginning. Yeah. So, so Rob, you know, when, when you got involved and, and have – you know, having met uh, you know folks like Scott, uh, and and they were very interested in you know what the public policy was in Hawaii, and uh, maybe maybe you know like Chanoa just said, pitching the state for a poten- potential contract. Uh, was there anything that you helped advise them in terms of that procurement process? Because you know, typically the state is always looking for fairly established companies to do this kind of kind of construction how did how did what did you guys advise you know volta at that point in time to really go after it and and was there any convincing that you had to do with the you know with the state procurement folks Rob, you there? and to to be honest i was uh, i didn't have that much to do with giving him any advice about um, state procurement i think what we gave him advice about was to say you know, you've got to get out of Hawaii, you've got to go national, you've got to go, you know, ideally global, you've got to um, um, make this something that private enterprise is interested in. We we really, I think, spend a lot of time, and, and Chris certainly brought this focus as well, talking to him about mall, you know, shopping malls and, and uh, property owners, private property owners and so on, as locations for this rather than it just being a, you know, a government and state initiative because that can be given and taken away, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like that. And and um, we have enough experience, as you say, in Hawaii with the procurement process and so on to know that that can be kind of, uh, kind of precarious, yeah. Right, right. So- yeah, I think that was the advice we gave. And, and I think they'd already probably came to that conclusion quickly themselves. <laughs> yeah. Basically, was, pursue the commercial quick, opportunity uh, and the, forget the guys the had the best proposal, but they were the youngest company and somehow mysteriously didn't win that bid. And yeah. we quickly decided early on, to your point, that uh, this business has to be sustainable on its own and not with any kind of subsidies or any kind of outside, um, or as Rob put it, non-economic help, right? So um, we, we, can, we quickly... Said, look, we're going to focus on the commercial angle here. That is a much more interesting. Okay, okay, no, that's great. That's great to hear that uh, there was a realization along the uh, along the way that that procurement was probably not the thing to base your future on. So, uh, it was kind of a, a a bigger picture that then was uh, 
the the main goal. So, you know, I do want to talk about that bigger picture because that's what ultimately got you to the IPO. So we're going to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Chris Rendo, uh, co-founder and president of Volta, Rob Robinson from Hawaii Angels, and, of course, Chanel Fonsworth from Blue Startups. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on HPR One. I'm Bert Lom. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Chris Wendo from uh, president of Volta, Rob Robinson, president of uh, Hawaii Angels, and of course, Shinoa Fonsworth, managing director of Blue Startups. And of, we're, we're talking about getting listed on the New York Stock Exchange. And of course, right before the break, we were kind of talking about the, uh, the pathway that Volta took, uh, getting started in Hawaii, recognizing the opportunity that perhaps uh, Hawaii offered, but then quickly realizing that it was a, a real... Um, scalability uh, challenge to kind of take it to a, a national level. And maybe, Chris, you know, after, after getting started in Hawaii and, and um, you know, maybe you can share how many, how many charging stations are, are uh, Volta-powered here in Hawaii. What, what, was it the, what was the pathway to really make it a, a, a national rollout? Yeah, I think what we should do, and I'll answer the question in a slightly indirect way, but indulge me for a second. It's when Scott wrote the original business plan and we were discussing this, what we always thought, and this is still true now, 12 years later, is we thought that this transition from a combustion engine economy to an electric transportation mobility economy is a much bigger macroeconomic thing than we all think about. It's not just about the cars. It's about how people behave around all of the fueling. Like, if you never go to a gas station again, Bert, that means also you're not going to the convenience store, you're not going to Jiffy Loop. There's a whole bunch of impacts that you have. Mm-hmm. And that macroeconomic impact is a much, much bigger opportunity. So we, when when Scott wrote the original business plan and we thought about the original funding plan, we always thought this would be a very big opportunity. And if we built the right business, it could be a very large business that could be one of the new players in the new fueling and replace large gas stations, right? So the ambition was always there, but there is, of course, a large gap between how do you go from a world where there are no or not a lot of electric vehicles to a world where this becomes the the norm on how people fuel? There's a very large gap, and there's a lot of infrastructure companies that have not made it across that gap because capital access is very difficult, right? And that's where the Volta insight on how to pay for the infrastructure on day zero with the media model of what we call behavior and commerce, because it's really around trying to change people's behavior around fueling and taking advantage of that for our site partners. That's where the insight was. We can pay back our infrastructure during the contract life, and many other charging companies cannot because there's not enough cars to pay for the electrons, et cetera. Right? So um, when that then becomes a bigger idea, uh, as soon as, and this is where Hawaii was super helpful, in the initial build in Hawaii, we had, I think, in the first couple of years, about 30 or 40 stations. But what it did was it allowed us to sign the Hawaiian properties of national uh, landlords. So we had stations at the Alamana Shopping Center. Alamana is the biggest outdoor mall in America. 
it's also a trophy property for Brookfield. Back then, it used general growth, right? Mm-hmm. But because we did a good job with them there, they introduced us to their California properties, and then they introduced us to their Chicago properties, et cetera. And now we have their national portfolio, and they've become a national client. Same thing with the stations over at Pearl Ridge, right? The owner of Pearl Ridge owns things on the mainland as well. And so we took our local relationships and the local execution and made them national partners. And that was a really organic kind of growth path for the company. And now we are sitting here and we're building a national footprint with, you know, a couple thousand stations with many, many more thousands to come. And so, Chris, the, the, the secret sauce is that uh, there's these advertising partners that you have that help to pay for the infrastructure. Uh, is that something that, that uh, Volta has a, has a kind of a, a lock on? I mean, what, what prevents others from perhaps taking that same yeah. model and, and doing that? It's a really good question. So there, there's a couple pieces there. We have intellectual property around uh, delivery of media on the station, but that's one piece. It, it really all starts with the approach to the market and what you're trying to accomplish. When you think about all the other charging companies that are out there in the U.S., there's about four or five others, right? Tesla has a large charging network. Why does that exist? It exists in order to sell Tesla cars, mm-hmm. right? It's essentially a marketing tool. EVgo, Electrify America, both came out of settlements and consent degrees. Blink came out of a, an, an amalgamation of uh, Ecotality, which went bankrupt in the old Blink. There isn't anybody who built a charging network that is a standalone business in order to be profitable and started it that way for a pure motive and, and then has the ability to actually capitalize on this behavior shift that I described before and make that a benefit of our partners. Right? This is the key thing. My pitch to my partners, it's very simple. If you put stations in front of your store, the sales in your store will increase, and I can help you do that more than any other solution. So that's a very different take on how to use electric charging for uh, running your core business, and it's, it's a big differentiator for us. That's really hard to copy if you don't start from that premise. Got it, got it. So, Chris, Chris, tell us, uh, you know, having gone through the IPO uh, um experience. Uh, like I said, I, I, I live precariously by watching Shanoa's uh, 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 social media feed. Uh, how does, I mean, this is a great accomplishment for a company that has gone through, you know, Blue Startups uh, Accelerator. How does this now kind of benefit Hawaii in, in, in terms of uh, Volta's future? Oh, well, I, uh, first of all, we all live vicariously through Shanoa. She, she, we were uh, humbled <laughs> and honored that she came and joined us. Uh, at the uh, at the ceremony, she was with us on the trading floor, and it was a great sort of uh, full circle moment to have her there with us while we got to ring the bell. And you know, listen, it is sort of a bucket list item for folks. If you're an entrepreneur and you can list your company in New York, that is a pretty cool thing. It is, and it's a proud moment for all of us. And it really is the hard work of the entire team for a long time. You know, all startups don't go in a straight line. There. <laughs> many near-death experiences along the way. There are many highs and lows, et cetera. And it's all about perseverance. And it's all about avoiding the mistakes that kill companies. And that's something that, that Blue Startups helped us with a lot because the early advice we got and the early advisors that we had from there really helped us kind of jump ahead of the queue, if you want, by not making dumb mistakes that kill companies. And that's the number one piece of advice I can give to new entrepreneurs is, Really surround yourselves with people who have done it and can help you give the advice. And going through an accelerated program like Blue Startups was quite useful for that. 
That's great. That's great. Chris, uh, where can people find out more about uh, Volta? Yes, we are uh, voltacharging.com. Very easy to find. We're now listed as VLTA in New York. Um, and our investor relations uh, um, uh, tab under our website has all kinds of information. Great. I'll put that up on our show, show notes for uh, later on tonight. Chris Ruendo is the co-founder and president of Volta. Rob Robertson is the president of Hawaii Angels. And, of course, Shanoa Fonsworth is the managing director of Blue Startups. And, of course, I want to thank them all for joining us today. And, of course, thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll find out about the Smart Health Card and the Commons Project. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on BiteMarksCafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at BiteMarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at BiteMarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You stay awesome. And, of course, you stay safe. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Bite Marks Cafe.